Hello and welcome back to Cursed God. Last time, our hero, along with his friends and some unknown pirates, escaped from Maelstrom's ship. What happens next? Let's find out. We had been rowing for hours before we finally reached the shore. This is a wild and unclaimed land, said the boy pirate. We must find shelter here before nightfall. Who put you in charge? I asked sarcastically. He smiled and said, The big scary man who deflected a cannonball. He pointed at the large pirate in cloth wraps, who was now holding the rowboat above his head. Fine. What do you suggest? The kid thought for a moment and said, This is a small island, no mountains, only jungle. There's a chance of rain. We should find a dense part of the jungle and use the canopy as cover from the rain. We can sleep in the trees to keep away from the animals. Fine, let's get going. Hold on, he started. What is it now? I interrupted. I am called Hertig, and my large companion is Stirka, he said. He had a look in his eyes after everything that had happened that seemed almost innocent. I bit back my angry remark. Suddenly, everyone began introducing themselves, first Scruppers, then Reed. I learned the girl's name was Anne, and the man with dark skin and golden eyes was called Kyle. The one with scruffy black hair was Justin. Hertig looked at me expectantly. They all did. I thought about telling them my name for a moment, before I decided to say, I don't have a name anymore, and I walked into the jungle as a crack of thunder signaled the oncoming downpour. We found a dense part of the jungle. Stirka pulled a small grove of trees together. Hertig tied them together using a rope that was in the lifeboat. The makeshift roof did a surprisingly good job of keeping the rain off. Most of us had climbed into the trees except for Hertig, who was at the campfire. He told me I would be next watch. My dreams were troubled, full of fire and blood as they had been since my village was destroyed. I slept through half the night, but it only felt like five minutes. I awoke when Hertig called my name, and I fell out of the tree. Ow! I grunted. Careful not to wake the whole camp, Hertig said. Yes, your highness. I groaned, got up, and took my place by the campfire. I sat by the fire for hours, amusing myself by drawing figures in the dirt. After a while, I heard a noise. It sounded like heavy footsteps. I knew I should have woken someone at the very least, Hertig or Scruppers or maybe Reed to back me up. But something about it. I was drawn to it. I grabbed a still-burning log from the fire to use as a torch and walked into the night. I had been walking for at least an hour, drawn by some unbidden force. I decided to turn around and go back to camp, but when I turned around, there was a gravel path that wasn't there before. Almost against my will, I followed it. It didn't lead back to camp, it led up the mountain. In my fuzzy mind, I thought I remembered Hertig saying something about this island not having any mountains, but I pushed that thought to the back of my mind and kept following the path. As I walked further and further along, torches began appearing. 
I kept going until I reached a temple, an overgrown stone temple. I followed the path into the temple and down, down into massive halls filled with statues. I recognized some of them, statues depicting the creatures known as colossi. Many ancient human civilizations regarded them as gods, though most of them had long died out. I recognized Ra and Anubis, worshipped by the eastern desert tribes. I recognized Odin, worshipped by the clans of the frozen north. All long-dead colossi worshipped by long-dead civilizations. I kept going down into the temple and found a hall of twelve more statues. In the center was a man wearing a festival mask over his face. He wore a fancy business suit and a top hat. To his immediate right was a man in a fist-fighting stance. He wore a vest with no sleeves and spikes on his fists. There was a man with long dreadlocks and wings coming out of his back. There was a portly man with a beard. He had a pickaxe in one hand and a granado in the other. There was a man in a strange outfit with a covered face. He was crouching like a tiger. Two of the statues had spiked hair and wore tattered robes that covered their faces. The only difference between them was that one had a sword, some sort of falchion, while the other had a bow and arrow. One wore a long coat. He, too, was wearing a mask. In one hand he held some kind of pistol, and in the other he had a dagger. There was another wearing a fancy suit. In one hand he had a saw of some description, and in the other hand he had what looked like a doctor's syringe. What, there was one wearing military garb, who seemed to be quite high-ranking. My heart froze when I saw the last two. They were Stirka and Hertig. They were dressed a bit differently, but I recognized them. Hertig had the same goggles and that same smile on his face. In his right hand, he was holding some sort of bat with spikes and nails on it. Stirka was dressed in a full set of armor, including a helmet with winged horns on it. He looked completely different, but I could not forget the hammer that he had in his hands. All the statues had plaques on their bases, and all of them were faded. I began to get freaked out and turned to leave, but the staircase up had disappeared. It was only a staircase going back down. The message was clear. The only way out is through. The stairs led me to a new room with a sign above the door that said, The Enemy. There were two more statues in the center. Both of them were broken, as if the statues were pulled down. All that was left were the bases. And the plaques. The plaques were polished, as if someone were taking very good care of them. The one on the right simply read, The Betrayer. The one on the left read, Gabriel. I got up and looked around. I saw more and more statues. All of them had a sim single gash through their eyes, as if someone had carved through the stone. Six of them did not. I turned back around and touched the plaque that said Gabriel, and suddenly I heard growling. A wolf with jet black fur and red eyes stalked out from behind the statues. But that wasn't all. I heard more growling from my sides. 
saw two more wolves stalk out from behind the statues around me. I was surrounded. They leapt at me, and all I saw were their fangs. I was rudely awakened by Hertig, who was kicking me. Remind me not to make you a lookout again. Can't have you falling asleep on the job. If you're done assaulting me in my sleep, may I ask if we have a plan now? You could, and you wouldn't like the answer. Maelstrom saw what we did to his ship. He's not going to be fool enough to give chase. We do what anyone else in our position would do. We wait. Not much of a plan. Not much of a choice. Unless you have a ship hidden up your ass, we can't go anywhere. Would you two stop arguing? Interjected Anne. You sound like an old married couple. She had found some eggs and was using Stirka's hammer under the hot sun to cook them. How did you sleep? I asked. After yesterday? Like a log. You? Troubled. You weren't supposed to be sleeping at all, chided Hertig. I ignored him. I had a dream that I was attacked by black wolves, I said. What? shouted Hertig. How many? Three, I said cautiously. Are you sure? What do you mean, am I sure? It was my dream, of course I'm sure. Was there anything else? No. I don't know why I said that. I guess something in his voice scared me. Either way, I didn't tell him about the statues or the temple. We need to get off this island now! Well, that brings us back to whether or not you have a ship hidden up your arse. Stirka, you need to send a distress call! Stirka picked up his hammer, sliding the eggs onto the ground, and he began spinning it above his head. Faster and faster until you could hardly see it. Faster and faster my ears started ringing. Faster and faster the wind picked up around him, creating a small vortex, lifting leaves and small twigs off the ground. Then he swung his hammer straight up into the air and stopped it immediately. A boom like a cannon was heard, and all the wind stopped. What was that? asked Kyle. Maybe one day I'll tell you, said Hertig, who sat down and closed his eyes. What are you doing now? I shouted. Be quiet said Stirka. I was so startled by him talking that I just shut up. Hertig stood up and simply said, One hour. What was our hero's dream about? What did Hertig mean when he said one hour? Just who are these two strange pirates? Find out next week on the Cursed God Podcast.